Earbuds, Melbourne's podcast network. Earbudsnetwork.com. Welcome to Buntu Vista Socialist Club. I'm Andrew, and I'm here with Theo. Hello. And uh, we're back. We're back after a little hiatus. We had, we had technical issues. We had all kinds of stuff. My computer uh, imploded like a dying star. And um, I just had to fumble around for a good stretch of time to fix it, because let's be real, who has the money to buy a new MacBook just right off the bat? Nobody. Nobody. Literally nobody. Um no. Tim Cook, that guy's got to save up for a while if he wants one of his fancy well, he, he new gets his, He gets his free. That's how he's so rich. <laughs> Every time he's running out of money, he just, can I get another dozen MacBooks? Sells them all on eBay. I was just thinking, he just doesn't have to. It's like the avocado. You stop eating avocado, stop buying MacBooks, and you can also be a billionaire. Yeah. Or get him free. Get, get mm. yourself into a position where you can get him free. Uh, so that's what's been going on there. Apologies for the for the little absence. We are back. And what episode number is this this Ooh, week? Well, <laughs> thank, thank you, Theo. Uh, depending, all depends. All depends on uh, when. So, look, uh, in the official Bunta Vista canon timeline, it will be episode eighteen at whatever point it is that it comes out. Um, we we have also recorded an interview with um, Jesse Farrar from Your Kickstarter Sucks. An author of Ask the Old Football Coach, his book available now on Amazon and other places. Um, so, yeah, that's going to come out somewhere around this episode. And that one's technically episode 17. So, you know, whatever order you would like to listen to them in. Yeah, it's as, it's as if we, we haven't fucked up at all. They're all, yeah, yeah. They're all just coming out. <clears throat> Look, if you want to, you can um, just uh, stop this recording here. Because, you know, you've realized that you haven't heard the episode before this that we might not have released yet by the time you're listening to this. So you can just cut it off now, wait until the other one comes out, listen to that first, know that you've heard them in order, and then come back and listen to this one. If you are a raging pedant, uh, if you're Which extremely Which you probably fixing, are. Yeah. If you're, um, if you're hanging out with us, pedantry, that's our deal. That's our thing. <laughs> Uh, so you'll be pleased to know that Lucy will be back with us next week. She'll return from um, from polluting the shores of Europe. <laughs> uh, taking in the sights by getting too drunk at hostels to go out and see the sights. That's how I understand she's been doing her trip. Uh, and Ben will be back in one month from his <laughs> from his big, big trip to the U.S., uh, I would love it when he comes back if he can tell us all about the alt-right rally he organized mm. or attended, if you want to put that in scare quotes for Ben, because uh, that seemed pretty interesting. That seemed like a pretty, a pretty weird vibe, uh, an alt-right yeah, rally for a Absolutely. Day. And it'd be good for those people that are just sort of counting down the days when they don't have to just hear us anymore. Yeah. You know, if they've got their favorites, it isn't us. That's That's fine, you know, and then... That's ben fine. and Lucy will be back soon, and then they can go back to counting down the days till they're dead, which yeah. we're all doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't like listening to us, that's that's cool. Um, the joke's not on you for just listening to this <laughs> one and, and not not hearing your, your precious your precious Ben and Lucy. Huh? That's fine. We're that's not fine. mad. We're not, we're not offended. Not offended. We're not mad. We're not <laughs> um, seething or anything like that. No. Uh, normal, normal stuff, normal behavior from the two of us. Um, hopefully, hopefully it is relatively, uh, clear that we've got some new microphones. Maybe there will be a noticeable improvement in sound quality as you are listening to this. Hmm. What are we, what are we, what are we working with here? Uh, we are working with the classic, the classic workhorse mic, a Shure SM58. Sure. Um, with, uh, if you, if you really care with X2U USB... XLR interfaces. And um tell you what, top bit of kit. Mm. Uh my full my full I wish we were getting paid for this investment. Oh. oh, I wish we were getting paid. So, you know, uh in the spirit of that we should test them out and maybe just maybe just try out some of our favorite phrases uh into the new microphones to see how they sound. 
Mm. Um, let me let me start us off. Chunch, chunch. Mm, you can really hear that. Mm. Um, uvulate, I'd say. Mm. Stop now! Don't mm. email my wife. That's what she said. Mm. That's what she ah. said. That sounds Classic. good. Yeah, uh, bazinga, mm. bazinga. Yeah, uh, feels good. Feels good. Rich, full, and as funny as as every time I hear it on the. Yeah, Big I'd Bang say we're theory. at least as funny as. Big Bang Theory? Yeah, well, I mean, you got to work your way up. Mm. That kind of expertise. Uh, so, we thought we'd do a little wrap-up of what's been in the news. What's been in the news this week? Mm. Bit of a grab bag this week. Yeah. Uh, Theo has been keeping track of the news, and he tells me that there is a trend in this week's Australian news. Yeah, it seems to be, um, and I know this is very exciting for us and our listeners, um, but it's a, it's a big week in sex criminal news. Um, maybe if you are our listener, you might actually be on this list. I'm not sure. Hmm. Um, yeah, it seems to be, uh, we didn't, we didn't plan it this way. Um, I think the... <laughs> we haven't just, been waiting for this to happen. No, no, I think all the, uh, all the stars have aligned, um, behind a bush, uh, in a dark alley on your walk home from the bus station. So, hmm. um... Big week in sex crime. Hmm. Um, so there's the pretty high-profile um, event at uh, Channel Seven. Um, we love our terrestrial uh, TV um, channels a pure, because a you pure know garbage free-to-air TV, and, yeah. and we don't, you know, wish for their inevitable death at the hands of streaming services. Um, yep, I certainly uh, don't sit around just relishing relishing their impending bankruptcies. Yeah, and. and and continuing unsurprising um, stories out of these shitty places. Um, but, yeah, of course, this this cadet was dismissed um, immediately after making sexual harassment complaint against an older male colleague. Um, it seems like the complaint made against her was fabricated. Um, she was denied her support person at the meeting, which is in breach of her, uh, you know, union enterprise bargaining agreement. Um, uh, it's just, uh, I think, you know, good good handling and good PR for, for Channel 7. I think, I think this will play well for them with, um, you know, I think the older 60, 70-year-old demographic of people are still watching Channel 7 who mm-hmm. believe that young lesbians should not have a place in the workplace. So, mm, mm. Um, you know, that's, uh, it's all good stuff, really. It was very, very classy all around. And, um, of course, Channel 7 already have their history of how they deal with, um, you know, internal HR matters around sex. Uh, I there don't. was the, well, there was the lady who, there was the lady who had the affair with, um, with the CEO of Channel 7. And then that was suddenly a huge thing because. Oh, cool. Didn't they? Didn't they just like put uh, absolute shitloads of time and effort and money into uh, discrediting that woman and destroying her reputation and everything like that because uh, the affair went public? That was a very good look. Hmm. Um, certainly doesn't suggest any kind of pattern of behaviour. No, uh, I, I think you can't really look into these things and say, "Oh, they keep happening over and over again." <laughs> there might be something. Wrong there. I think what you really want to do is just um, plow over it immediately mm-hmm. and just continue on working yeah. exactly the same. Yeah, I um, I like that. Uh, yeah, some of the some of the things that Channel Seven did apparently, which according to uh, people who have worked there previously, is is very common behaviour, is that as soon as they get wind that somebody internal to the company has a problem, like they are being sexually harassed by a, a senior colleague, um, they immediately start going through all of that person, all of the um, complainants' emails and messages and everything on their work phone to find any instances where they have complained about anything happening at work. <sighs> So that they can then say, uh, "You're a troublemaker." Yeah. Uh, look at all this. Oh, look at all this garbage. Um, yeah. And as you alluded to earlier, they also fabricated. Um, they fabricated a complaint against this cadet, um, and the name that they put on it was like one of her best friends at work. Yeah. I don't uh, know how that works. Like they've just pulled a name out of the hat and go, "Well, here's here's one person. Better not look into this any further." 
well, apparently what they what they did was um, they just found one of her emails that she had sent to this colleague of hers, who I think was also um, a member of the cadet program, uh, in which she had complained about something at the workplace, and he had responded like, "Yes, I am also mad about this." And right. they went, "Ah, this guy has complained that you made him mad." <laughs> and, um, yeah, when it when it came out, he said, "Oh, he, I see, he, I see." Yeah, that he immediately went to them and said, "Why have you put my name on a complaint? I have never complained about her. Um, I I absolutely support her in her accusations and everything." And they went, "Quiet, quiet, sweet." No, no, no. Hmm. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, so Channel Seven still still shitty. Yep. Uh, apparently, s- still a shitty place to work. Yeah. I guess we'll skip over Channel 8 straight to uh, Channel 9, um, where, uh, I don't know, I, I like this story, uh, not because, you know... <laughs> not the subject just, matter. I had to just turn off my speakers before the fucking autoplay video <laughs> blasts onto the podcast, so thanks, news.com.au. Um, yeah, no, I don't enjoy this story for the subject matter. I wish you'd stop saying that to, you know... Uh, my wife, my family. Um, but Channel Nine star Ben McCormick, um, who uh, used to be a journalist with Channel Nine, uh, has been sentenced for uh, being a paedophile. Hmm. And some of the some of the quotes out of this are just insane. Um, so Ben McCormick did his best to conceal his identity when he embarked on a revolting fantasy talk about sex with boys and boasted of. Being a proud peed, proud bee lover. Um, used a fake name, Oz for Skin Boy. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> I, I like this next bit, that he lied about his age saying he was 28 when he was <laughs> actually in his 40s. I'm, I'm a fresh-faced 28-year-old. Yes, yes. Well, that makes it, that makes it closer to appropriate. Um, no, not even close, was- Ben. Yeah, it was that thing at the end. Um, I don't know why I'm reading through. I actually did a summary of all this, and now I'm just scrolling through the article trying to find all the pull quotes that I've already pulled. Um, (laughs) uh, It's nothing more than fantasy talk, he said. Um, That fantasy included extremely explicit talk about sex with young boys and McCormack's declaration that, I love chatting to pedos. Um, I I, I really want to hear that that voiceover guy from Media Watch (laughs) do this. I love oh. chatting to Peters. Uh, uh, there is no time. There is no time that someone can present you with a <laughs> with a with a chat log <laughs> in which you have typed out the phrase "I love chatting to Peters" and hit enter. That is that is like it's the, where it's going to go well. You know. Oh like, my god. Um, uh, yeah. In in July 2015, when asked if he would always be a P, he said, "I'll always have that attraction." They are beautiful. Oh, well, there you go. Him and Jermaine Greer have something in common. Um, so I don't understand it. I don't understand why you would go and put on permanent record in text, you know, all of these things. If you understand it, we'd love to hear from you. If you can mail in, because um, I, I, mean, I don't like understand you, what's going on. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, you you never write any of yours down in a permanent record. No, absolutely not. <laughs> but if you do know... Just um, if you can DM at Illy Boshan, uh, just say, hey, I heard you'd like to know what it's like to be a pedophile. Um, I heard you sure- say recently, I love chatting to pedos. Yeah. I heard, I heard an, a taken out of context audio snippet. So if you can, if you can get that message going to, to at Illy Boshan, that would be, mm. that'd be wonderful. Um, and just another little, like last little ironic cherry on the top, it was McCormick who famously chased Hey Dad star Robert Hughes, big old piece of shit Robert Hughes, to mm. Singapore in 2010 to confront him over sex abuse allegations. So, uh, truly, it takes one to know one. Well, maybe he was actually after some tips. You know? <laughs> How have you got away with it for But then so he realised he had to charge it to work expense, so mm. may as well get a story out of it. Yeah, it does make you wonder, that whole thing, like... No, Alex, I, it's, it's funny, I have a friend who... Um, who is it uh, beautiful? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, I have a friend 
um, who was a private investigator for a long time. I used to live with him and he was a private investigator and part of that included like doing a lot of um, uh, work insurance claims. Um, so that extended to like uh, Comcare kind of stuff where people would have accusations about like workplace bullying and inappropriate conduct and that sort of stuff. And so often his job was to come in and uh, talk, you know, interview all the different parties. And as part of this, he would get access to all of everybody's communications from the workplace. And he he put it to me as like, um, in all these situations, everybody lies to you. You just have to figure out who is lying the most and about which important parts, basically. Mm. Um, but he said that there was always this point where um, he would interview somebody who had, you know, been been bullying or sexually harassing colleagues or something like that, um, doing a bunch of inappropriate stuff. And he had had access to their emails and could go through it all and um, had always, you know, like cropped up a couple of very incriminating things in which they had explicitly stated the thing that they had been doing and intended to keep doing. And he would interview these people and they would insist, nope, didn't do anything wrong. I, this is all baseless, blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he would sit there and listen and let them keep going for a mm. while. And there would always be a point of the interview in which he would <clears throat> take a printed out email, place it on the table and just slide <laughs> it across to them and say, all right, could you just explain that to me? Uh, and he said the number of the number of those interviews that ended with like middle-aged public servants uh crying in an yeah. office to him it just makes yeah that 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 whole scenario to me seems like uh that's very much what it would be like for ben mccormick being interviewed by the police stating <laughs> no nope none of this sounds familiar to me it's very inappropriate uh, i have no idea what you're talking about and, and they're like at is some that point- you speaking or is that Oz for skin boy speaking. Mm, mm. And at some point, somebody just puts down a printed piece of paper with I love chatting to pedos written in the middle of it. Slides it over to him. What's that all about, Ben? But Well, actually, hang on. That statement is not actually... Would not be actually untrue for the domain of his job. Maybe he just loves (laughs) his job. I love interviewing pedos for good ratings. Yes. Would, would maybe be, you know, you could tie that back to work a little bit more. But, um, yeah. So, enjoy prison, Ben. Um, and stop stop being a pedo as soon as possible. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah. Um, I would say it's not preferable for him to be a pedo or anybody. How about this? Um, this podcast does not endorse his behavior. No. I, I, yeah. yeah, I think, would you say anti-pedo podcast? I'm going to say it. I'm gonna, I know it's a big, a big leap, but yeah. this is this is officially an anti-pedo zone. Bit of a bit of a divide in the nation um, mm. at the moment, um, but I think yeah, we need to be brave and come out as uh, anti-pedo. Yeah, I feel like you know, there's a lot of like you're right. There is a lot of division in the country at the moment, but I think mm. we can all come together around the idea that pedos, not great, not good. Yeah. So, um, folks, have you heard about these pedos? You've seen this. You heard about this. It's not good. Not, it's good. not good, folks. Uh, look, in other um, dirty old sex criminal news, R.I.P. Hugh Hefner. Yeah. Rest in peace. Uh, there's a man with a with a mixed legacy. Absolutely. Yeah. Up. The needle's kind of it's kind of spinning from extreme to extreme, like in, in the um, obits for uh, for Hugh, because hmm. it's it seems like he did. I mean, look, I'm no, I'm no expert. It seems like he did a lot of good, lot of good work. Um, he was a, you know, advocate for uh, uh, women, you know, in a lot of regards, and um, you know, um, their reproductive rights and all that sort of stuff. Um, and yet, he's probably, I would say, used the promise of fame to get at least like a thousand women to suck on mm. his horrible old prune until a little puff of dust came out. <laughs> so. Oh. <laughs> Who's yeah, to say I, um, what's right and what's wrong? Yeah, I read a um, I read a snippet of um, what's her name? I think Holly Madison, who was one of the one of the three girls that lived with him when they all like had a reality show and all that shit. Um, the the what was that called? Anyway, um, 
some reality show that she was on and after she stopped living there she went on to write a book um about how it was really not great uh being Mm. one of Hugh's girlfriends um and yeah there was an account of the first time that she that she stayed over there and she had kind of been led to believe that you know you um you don't have to sleep with Hugh to be one of his girlfriends. You just hang out and be nice to him. And um, was disabused of that notion on the first night that she was there. Yeah, this is the um, old, you know, you don't have to stay back at work here. We're not going to force you to... <laughs> it's just, it's just it's 5, 5.30. Uh, no one else has left yet. Well, it yeah, it just sounded like um, a pretty sad picture, really, of um, a bunch of playmates all get to a room with Hugh Hefner, who was blasting hardcore porno from several TVs, <laughs> um, jerking off by himself in a bed as the girls all kind of put on a play a play erotica demonstration for him. But uh, as Holly Madison described it, he's also by this point very deaf, and mainly the girls were just <laughs> laughing at him. And making jokes about him throughout this whole thing. And I was like, doesn't sound that great for anybody, really. So, um, you know, RIP to Hugh. And I guess my deepest condolences to um, whoever has to, like, pressure wash out the grotto before (laughs) they they sell that place. Yeah. And and sorry for anyone who owns Viagra shares. Mm. Yeah, he didn't even... Didn't even own the Playboy Mansion in the end, did he? Oh, I, I have like... no idea, but I can't imagine getting the Bond back. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, I think for a really long time they'd, they had sold it and were, like, renting it. And <laughs> apparently it was in an enormous state of disrepair compared uh, to its, its glory days. I, I loved all the stories about the grotto. Mm. In the, it's just this filthy uh, sex pit of... Yes. Oh, God, can you imagine cleaning the filters oh. in that thing? <laughs> oh. Having to get like, little Wayne's jizz out of the <laughs> out of the pipes. Oh, have a, just one of those little fish tank scoops, you know? <laughs> get all the strays. <laughs> Tiny little hoover sucking up mm. condom after condom. It was funny a little while ago when I took my... Um, Took one of my daughters to her swimming lessons and um, all of a sudden everybody was just getting out of the pool and um, we, we were all hustled out of the pool and it became pretty obvious that someone had shat in the pool. Mm. And um, so one of the like teenage girl lifeguards at this local pool has this um, has one of those like pool, yeah, the pool scoop things, but on like a, a fucking forty foot long pole, <laughs> just like teetering over and trying to <laughs> trying to scoop this like Milky Way sized turd <laughs> off the bottom of the pool. And I was like, just just jump in and get it. Come on, like it's not gonna get it's not getting on you just by virtue of being in the same water, you know. Mm. But um, yeah, but I imagine I, it'd be a little more insidious in the in the grotto where it's all just sort of floating around mm, like the mm. remnants of a poached egg. Yep, uh, used condoms stuck to people's backs, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So there's your beautiful legacy, Hugh. Hmm. Um, no, no, like you said, it has it has been interesting to see people alternating wildly back and forth from. Yeah, but you know he he published lots of stuff by. Black writers, and he was against racism and lots of other things too. Also, he exploited tons of women, and yeah. he also published underage pictures in his magazine, and he published nudes of Marilyn Monroe without her consent. And yeah, I feel like the bar is so low for you know. Yeah, of course it's great that he's published black writers in times where it's you know unpopular to do so and that sort of thing. But you know, the the bar is so low for patting people on the back for this stuff that you have to overlook this whole other Mm. section of stuff. I don't know. Well, I suppose, like, you know, considering, yes, that he was a pornographer for for the vast majority of his life, um, I suppose we could have heard much worse about him, I guess. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, But like you said, it's not not that high a bar. But Mm. as we've said before, if, you know, if uh, any, like 
male entertainer or celebrity who has been around for decades. Um, if you're not supposed to appreciate the work of any guy who's done uh, some shady, horrible shit to women, then then we then let's just stop. Let's stop any of them. <laughs> Um, no James Brown for you. No John Lennon for anyone. Uh, well, certainly not for you, the man no. who hates the Beatles. <laughs> In conclusion, Hugh Hefner is a land of contrasts. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Shockingly, a 91-year-old did both good things and bad things in the course of those 91 years. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so, does that... Do you want to just round out uh, sex yeah, so, criminal yeah, watch I think, for us? Yeah, I think finally in the the last item of sex criminal news, um, our Ben is currently in Montana. So, you know, if you're in... Montana. Montana. <laughs> I'm going to say it that way. And now I can't, I can't go back and admit no, my mistake. Well, so, if you're a resident of Montana, yeah. say hello to Ben because it's best that you know where he is. Say hello to Ben. Keep those windows locked up tight. Because uh, let's be honest, he is a horny man. So, he's a hugely, but, but, most, but mostly harmless. So, yes, well, he's a hugely sexual man. Um. Can't wait to have him back. Come back to us, Ben. <laughs> Me too. Come back. Come back to us. Uh, all right. So, in other Australian news from the week, in other um, news about huge pieces of shit. Yes, another another massive Australian piece of shit. Um, everybody's good friend and healer of all things wrong, um, Belle Gibson. Uh, she, she has been finally, finally she has been fined for her crimes against humanity. About, against just about everyone at this point. Yeah. Um, now to anybody who is not familiar with her, and I have seen, I have seen stories about Belle Gibson popping up in, uh, American publications over the last week or so with this news. But, um... Yeah, Belle Gibson was like a, a wellness blogger, one of those, um, you know, I cured my own autism with flaxseed oil kind of mm. folks. much worse. Um, yeah, because not only did she spout a whole bunch of uh, bogus shit, she also, um, she also claimed to have had cancer and have cured her own cancer with her diet of vegetables, because that's how cancer gets cured, of course. Um, it was, it was not good. It was not good. No, and you know, this is the kind of shit that, um, well, I, I mean, first of all, I think I should state that I think that all of these, um, wellness bloggers, regardless of claiming to cure cancer or not, should be in jail. Um, but specifically, I mean, she, um caused an immense amount of harm to, you know, some of the most vulnerable people. Mm. Um, in Australia, you know, you think you've got a, um, you've got a, a, a child with cancer and you're reading this stuff and you kind of choose to, uh, go with this instead of, you know, every medical professional out there. Mm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, well, it's sometimes fucked, you gotta go with surprising. the vibe. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's holistic approach, but the, it's not surprising to me because I think it's just the escalation of the claims, um, the these unchecked claims of these fuckheads. Um, it's just a logical, logical like end point for this to say, well, I can cure cancer and I cured my own cancer. Well, no, you didn't and you haven't, um, and that's not good. Um, so I, I hope this is like a through line. Just, just personally, I'm just kind of taking this on a little. On a little tangent here, I hope this is a through line for Pete Evans to be thrown in jail. Um, <laughs> I haven't decided on what charges yet. Yes, um, Pete Evans is indeed a huge dickhead. Um, there was a piece in uh, the Saturday paper about Pete Evans a little while ago where they they interviewed him um, about exactly this kind of stuff, about you know his, his claims that particular kinds of diet can cure you know cancers and diseases and all this sort of thing. And um, and yeah, it was it was interesting because they sort of they sort of tied it to, you know, other aspects of life now where people have this whole kind of thing of like you well you can there's so much information available about everything all the time yeah that effectively everybody can just filter that information according to what what suits the kind of lifestyle they have created for themselves all that yeah sort that's of thing. right yeah you're right I mean you used to either 
read one of the three books you had in your house or go and see the doctor that was, you know, 20 miles down the road, and he'd tell you something that was at least the best of the human understanding at the time to do. But now, yeah, there's just this overwhelming kind of um, deluge of information. And, and like you said, you know, you just filter it through your own through your own beliefs and just arrive at which information you agree with uh, yourself, which is not how research works. And it's, um, yeah, I don't know how you break that, that cycle. Yeah, that people can simultaneously, um, you know, find all their own information and everything. But it's also this, this completely, it gives you this completely sort of open state to just be able to say, ah, well, people should seek their own answers. Mm-hmm. People should seek their own information. And... It's like, no, they shouldn't. People are idiots. I'm an idiot. I'm not a doctor. Mm. I'll get my so, information from a doctor, not from me. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the Pete Evans interview in the Saturday paper was, was very interesting. It was um, by friend of the show, Martin Mackenzie Murray. Yeah, it was Pete Evans that did the whole bone broth thing. Which, as Adam Law pointed out angrily on Twitter, is just fucking... Uh, stock. Yes. You're describing stock, mate. Yes. Uh, so, you know, here's the, the interesting link between these. Two years ago, an Evans cookbook containing recipes for infants was pulped after health officials raised concerns. Oh, I remember this. Uh, quote, in my view, there's a very real possibility that a baby may die if this book goes ahead. Oh, End man. quote. The president of the Public Health Association, Professor Heather Eatman, said at the time, that same week, another publisher, Penguin, cancelled their own cookbook with fraudulent wellness campaigner, Belle Gibson. Um, so, you know, Evans is is very against water fluoridation, a known neurotoxin, he tells Martin. God, this makes me so mad. Um, on, on Channel 7's Sunday night program last week, he made similar assertions. Quote, why are doctors experts in fluoride and what are their qualifications to be up to date with the neurotoxins that fluoride is? End quote. From Pete Evans. Fucking hell. Yeah, and like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, like, as a society, what you can do about this sort of stuff. Because it's probably, to, to me, this is one of the most damaging um, things about the internet, and you know, in the last 15 to 20 years, especially, you know, really, uh, this sort of stuff's really ramped up where this kind of, popularist science has taken over from you know what what is actually science and you know if you take the fluoride example um um where i'm from Mackay, uh and and cans before that recently um or in the last few years you know stopped fluoridating their water due to these sorts of complaints and it's against mm. all scientific reasoning right the the very understanding of how we know what is right and what is wrong um and the problem with this is that you or I, um, you know, we can go to the dentist, we can afford to go to the uh, to the dentist, and we have um, probably more more accurately, we have a dentist nearby um, that we can go to that we can fluoridate our teeth. Um, people who do not have means or do not who live rurally, um, you, you know, and, and in Cairns, there are there I know especially there are it's a large homeless population. So all you're doing by taking fluoride out of the water is saying, well, um, we're just going to fuck up the dental health of um, all of these homeless people who already have it so bad. Um, and it's sort of that kind of um, you know white middle class privilege that they can choose their own beliefs. Um, against what is actually scientifically scientifically true and then apply them to a whole bunch of vulnerable people to just fuck them up. Um, yeah. So, fuck you, Pete Evans. <laughs> well, that's, um, yeah, that's one of the things that's kind of uh, staggering to me about stuff like the, the anti-vaccination movement and that sort of thing, where, again, it's a, it's a very, very similar... Um, it's a very, very similar vibe of... You know, I I have gone and read some things that support the thing I already wanted to hear, and therefore now I know well enough to like not vaccinate my kids or whatever. Um, but you always find in the statistics that the enclaves um, of you know outbreaks of measles and that sort of stuff around or like 
fucking smallpox and that sort of thing. Um, the biggest outbreaks of all of those things are always in these incredibly high-income areas. They're always yeah, like yeah. Silicon Valley yeah, and the North and, Shore and, and stuff. Um, yeah, and inner suburbs of Melbourne and that sort of thing, absolutely, where they can yeah. choose to, to not do this. And Well, I mean, even the- I would even argue that it's people who have the the time and the money to like have the luxury of being able to sit around and think about this kind of shit like um, yeah. the, the sorts of people who have like the money to read Gwyneth Paltrow's stupid fucking goop website and actually follow some of the advice yeah and and you know I don't I don't hold um a, a lot of people right like um I, I would say that these people are shitheads but a lot of people you know they don't they don't necessarily have the ability or the time to filter all this information and so they go you know oh i'm not taking my kids to get vaccinated and you know uh because gwyneth paltrow said so and so i don't lay any of the blame you know at at their feet i i lay it at at the feet of gwyneth paltrow and people that give these people audiences um you know every time these articles kind of come out it should be just you know if if we had um any semblance of journalistic integrity at the bottom and at the top probably should be a thing to say well um Note that um, Captain Fuckhead's views here do not represent uh, reality. They should have, uh, you know, counterquotes against w- with medical um, professionals. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think really a lot of this is a failure of reporting and a failure of people, like the, the publishers, um, in not denying. Uh, you know, we don't we don't let people write. Uh, opinion pieces on why you know abducting children is good, right? Uh, there has to be a line where you kind of draw and go, well, this is actually harmful. This mm. sucks. Mm. That's um, yeah, I think like that's that's why there seems to be such a problem in in journalism over the last couple of years because you know a lot of mainstream publications and networks are so concerned with being seen as as impartial and not being that's seen right. as biased. You've got to, or and you've got to hear both sides. <clears throat> got to present equal how, time to yeah, both but, arguments. But that's, that's, but that's not how it, it works. And I, I think, you know, um, people people lump shit on, on Wikipedia, but one of their one of their tenets is applying um, a, a, a proportional amount of column inches as far as the evidence goes. Right. Mm. So if they've got a controversy section, it must be so much smaller than the actual evidence, and mm. and they don't give equal time to. It's like you know. Um, well, I suppose if there was you know a ton, a huge ton of evidence that whatever the controversial thing was had actually happened, then that would just be part of the facts of that's, that person. That's, that's right, and everything else goes under the controversy section, right? Which is then rebuked with actual evidence, and that's you know I think it's yeah. It, it's just an indication of the journalistic kind of landscape that we live in. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good. Pete Evans needs to shut the fuck up and stop tanning so hard. Yeah, fuck off forever. Mm. That weird photo of him making out with a horse. The other yeah. Um, mm. I'm not saying that Pete Evans fucked the horse. Um, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, we don't have all the answers. No, that's true. You've got to hear both sides. You do have to I hear mean, both sides. And there is a there is a, a lot of people are saying Pete Evans fucked the horse. Mm. Pete Evans um, is saying that he didn't fuck the horse, but I would say that we need to yeah. give an equal amount of time no. to the argument that Pete Evans sucked off the horse. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, wishy-washy shit coming out from horse experts as to, mm. you know, who fucked the horse, who didn't fuck the horse. All I'm saying is we just got to give, um, you know, a holistic approach to say, oh, you know, Peter, Peter Evans probably fucked the horse. Mm. Mm. Here's my favorite horse fucking story. Uh, while we're on the subject, was oh you have the, multiple horse fucking stories. Yeah, yeah. Um, got them banked away. Is I, I always remember <laughs> what, what reading bank is a, that <laughs> the horse horse cum bank. The, this um, so I just remember reading this this news story once about a guy who died while he was fucking a horse. Right, and was it Mister Hands? Um, was it? I don't know. I'm asking you. Uh, maybe. Was he was he fucking the horse or getting fucked by the horse? Well, this was the twist in the tale: is that when I read a headline <laughs> that says "man dies fucking horse," yeah, you assume uh, he's being fucked to death. No, well, my my mind was like, oh, so he's like 
trying to fuck the horse and the horse has kicked him or something, you right. know, and yeah, like, yeah. and stoved his head in or something like that. Um, I, I, I picture a man on a, on a step ladder, you know, <laughs> perhaps a step stool, attempt, attempting to, to, to fuck the horse. Um, but that was not the case because the, the cause of death on this guy's death certificate was mm. perforated colon. Yeah. 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 That's, <laughs> and, yeah. Then maybe go. Oh, oh, you, you died from fucking the horse. I see. <laughs> it's a whole. It's not. It's just not what I was picturing. I was picturing the stepladder, and just goes to show what I know about fucking horses. Mm. We should ask uh, noted horse fucking expert Pete Evans. Hmm. What he mm. thinks his medical yeah. opinion is on how do you died. how do you go about fucking all those horses, Pete Evans? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's this week's news in uh, charlatans and frauds um, spreading a whole, whole bunch of We need a whole section of this. Mm. Well, <clears throat> I feel like we, we really buried the lead on that whole Belle Gibson thing because she has now been fined um, $410,000 yes. for misleading people with her claims that she cured cancer. With yeah, sorry, I thought, about, I thought about Pete Evans and I just... just got, Flown, flew away with anger. Um, yeah, so, Bill Gibson, you are a great big dipshit. Um, I remember when she did that interview, she went on TV and just totally defended herself. Uh, <laughs> didn't really apologize to anyone. Um, didn't even turn up in court to get handed down this fine. So, yeah. all I can say I mean, is I, I hope she enjoys uh, being bankrupt and having to pay back half a million dollars for being a huge fraudulent dipshit. Yeah, I mean, like Pete Evans is a is a cock and an idiot, but I think I think um, Bell Gibson is an actual sociopath. Yeah, I mean, like her. I think there's something pathological here. That's. <clears throat> I think there's a difference between over. yeah, there's a difference between Pete Evans being a a huge dipshit in the sense that he obviously has has this idea of himself as you know knowing better than anyone else about health food, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Whereas Bell Gibson like raised money from people on the basis of I have cancer. And the w- the way that she was able to get away with claiming to have cured her cancer was by never having cancer in the first place. Well, it's the perfect crime, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if I didn't cure my cancer, then where's, where's the, cancer, the cancer, hotshot? Yeah. yeah incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I completely agree that that is on a whole other level of malicious intent and, and not, well, not just like you, you can, you can chalk a lot of Pete Evans' stuff up to straight ignorance, to filling his head with a bunch of stupid alternative medicine bullshit. Whereas Bell Gibson's thing was very actively, I have gone out of my way to concoct a story mm. about having cancer and having cured the cancer so that I can then sell you a book that says that you too can cure cancer with um, zucchinis. It's one simple so, trick. Doctors hate it. Yeah. So eat shit, Bill Gibson. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we've got a new segment. Got a new segment here that we're gonna we're gonna run whenever it comes up, uh, and it comes up surprisingly frequently. Um, got a new segment called "Where's Warney." Got a new segment of Warney Watch. Because every now and then you might find yourself thinking, I wonder what Australian cricket legend Shane Warne is currently up to. Yeah. And I mean, that's what I I was doing. And I think we put the question out there and the universe kind of... Uh, There's there's a tweet and I can't remember who it's by. I I thought it was by um, um, Eleanor, you know, at at Marrowing. Um, But I don't think it was, but about having a spidey sense tingling for when Amanda Palmer is about to say something fucking (laughs) stupid. Uh, And I think our spidey senses were tingling. So, oh, what's what's Australia's favourite ex-cricketer up to? Mm. Has Shane Warne taken a break from um, lustily commenting on every young woman's Instagram photo on the internet? Yep. To uh, maybe get out of the house. And... and he has. He has gotten out of the house. Uh, mm. And allegedly, uh, which he vehemently de- denies, um, has um, punched an adult film star in the face in a nightclub. Um, again, allegedly. this is he, He's been cleared of any uh, wrongdoing by the, um, by the police. Um, but 
um, Valerie Fox, who is a, a glamour model um, and a porn actress um, who uh, has been hanging out with Warney for a while, uh, is showing up with a huge, um, huge old lump on her face and uh, reckons uh, he's, to, he's to blame. So, you know. Hmm. Uh, and look, you know, it's a good thing that the the police in London have never, like, helped uh, any minor celebrities uh, escape any kind of issues. No, I think we, we can agree on that. Uh, yeah, the UK doesn't have any weird problems with their obsession with minor celebrities. That's fine. Um, I'll tell you what, man. When I, when I went to England, um, that was the thing that just really blew my mind the most about it is like yeah just just how much of their culture is just that kind of panel show oh yeah uh b-grade celebrities just all these people you never heard of they did one thing one time 10 years ago and they're still just eking out a living yeah like every person who's ever appeared on big brother yep uh just forever just gets a gets a career forever um I did also like the the TV channels that were just um, a busty ladies that you could phone into. <laughs> uh, you ever see any of them? Oh, good. No, I have not. One of the hotel, and um, yeah, well, it's really weird because, like, so in Australia, um, once upon a time, I don't know if they still exist, but I remember you used to be watching TV late at night, and an ad would come on um, with some lady in a in a lace negligee saying. Call me. Call now. Yeah. Call me for five ninety five a minute. I'll tell you how I'm going to wrist you. And um, <laughs> <That> sounds awful. <laughs> wrist myself. Yeah, she like she just stubs out a cigarette and <laughs> give us give us a call. Um, but it was you know it was a recorded ad that just played in a, a thirty second slot. Twelve ninety five a minute for every minute after the first minute. Um. But these things in the UK, like it's a live, it's a live thing, of like a lady on a bed going, yeah, phone up and I'll tell you about my titties oh, or whatever. So it's like a, um, uh, what do you call it, the the old um, when you do the charity phone in thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, but it's but not for, for charity. Minus charity and plus, yeah, double but for, a, for a big titty lady. Mm. And and so there's a number on the screen and you can phone in. And if someone phones in her audio gets muted and she talks to them on the phone for a bit and then comes back on and goes, oh, all right, sounds like a nightmare. Me. Yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. Like, can, I, you hear I, the, can you hear the guy? No, no. Well, it, it, oh. mutes, it mutes like both of their audio. Okay. And she, um, you know, talks some, some pasty oh, British I, dude. I, I get you. Through I get you. It. Yeah. yeah. And then once she's done with the phone call, her audio comes back on. She's like, yeah, phone, phone me up. And, um, Yep, I watched watched a solid like twelve hours of that, and it didn't change. It, that's just what it was. I kept kept waiting to see what was going to happen, and um, yeah. So pioneers, pioneers, the British. Uh, so shame Warren, still out there being shitty. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully, if that if the universe is as bountiful as it continues to be on Shane Warren news, um. Mm. Maybe we can uh, make that a regular segment. Yeah. Well, look, the the one way in which I think we can tie together um, Shane Warne and Bell Gibson is the whole fraudulent charity kind of kind of vibe. He had his um, he had his charity that he ran for a long time, and uh, a couple of years ago, the 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 body in Australia that like uh, monitors charities and, mm-hmm. and gives them their certification and everything like that started saying, hey, you haven't actually like uh, declared or disclosed any of your donations for the last like five years. Uh, can we have your paperwork? And they went, uh, uh, no. And um, they kept putting it off and refusing to, to hand any of it over. And... Um, to the point where the group said, okay, well, we're going to suspend your status as a charity if you don't do it. Um, it will only be restored once you actually give us some of this paperwork. Mm-hmm. And I think when it finally came out, when they finally handed it over, that they were donating, it was it was something absolutely shameful, like five cents in the dollar. Um, and basically the entire thing, um, uh, the whole whole program was administered by Warney's brother. 
So, <laughs> shockingly, I wasn't super above board. But um, his whole charity was that he organized, like, celebrity poker nights. Um, where they would just, <laughs> where where Warney would get to play poker with celebrities, Jesus and they would have an open bar on, and so basically it turned out that Shane Warne's entire charity operation was setting up um, expensive nights playing poker with celebrities on the piss for himself, and then giving none of the money to charity. That's amazing because I know I, I um, know a bit about the um, reporting requirements for uh, registered charities in mm. Australia, and they are stringent. Um, they do not fuck around, so... Uh... Yes, they, they, they had got to the point where they were like... I think it was a... I think it was the thing where they'd said, like, we're, we're suspending your, your status as a charity and it, it only becomes active again. It becomes active as triggered by you actually disclosing this stuff to us. Yeah, gotcha. And, um, yes, it turned out that they were... I think they were technically giving money but it was um, such an incredibly tiny proportion of what they were being donated that it was just hugely clear that Shane Warne was just raking in donations and spending it on himself. So, you know, class act. Hmm. Class act. That's what we love. Uh, so, I'm wondering if we should just take a few questions. Oh, yeah, from the mailbag. we're going pretty good for time, so yep, I think got uh, a... we've got some got some questions on the live thing that worked pretty well. Yep, got five five minutes for some questions. Hmm. Uh, I think I think the first question is a really good one. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, friend of the show, Dave Hogan, writes in with a question that relates to uh, the recent and ongoing controversy in the States about uh, professional athletes taking a knee during the national anthem, uh, which seems to absolutely incense and enrage um, comfortable white people who are just trying yeah. to take in their sport. Yeah, they're sort of um, the smallest brains across the entire of America and mm. all just simultaneously developing a contusion. Um. Yep. Uh, they're all out there in the driveway burning their jerseys on camera. Oh, it's so um, extremely normal stuff. So Dave's question is, how do you think the reaction would play out if an indigenous player took a knee during the anthem at the NRL Grand Final tonight? Yeah, and the thing, the, the thing about this question is you don't have to imagine it. All you have to do is cast yeah. your mind back two years uh, yep. to Adam Goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reaction when he uh, threw the imaginary spear into the um, into the crowd. The reaction when he um, pulled up a, a girl for mm. calling him a monkey. Right. Yes. Just even yes. even that, which is not even act, an act of of um, protest. And I mean, I think there's there's a, a huge amount of similarities between um, you know the treatment of Adam Goods and the treatment of people in um, the, the the sports sportsmen in America yeah. who are taking a knee. You know, well, um, yeah, uh, particularly particularly Colin Kaepernick, ab- absolutely, um, who because... is by all means a hugely charitable, inspiring mm. man. Uh, much like Adam Goods, Adam Goods has done a tremendous amount of charity work, um, work with indigenous people and that sort of thing. And of course, immediately because they're black, the mm. commentary goes, "These fucking ungrateful sportsmen." Yep, it goes to yes. You should just be grateful for the fact you that you be are grateful. We let you on the field. Yep, and yeah, that was that was very much how it all went with um, Adam Goods. Uh, there, yeah, particularly with the the incident with the goal, because as far as I understand it, you know the AFL is supposed to have their their zero tolerance stances on racism and that sort of stuff on the grounds, and basically, yeah, a girl in the crowd was just screaming racial epithets to his face, and he said, "Hey, you want to get this Knock girl out off. of here?" Yeah, and um. So, you know, I mean, e- even the fact that she... I think a lot of people had a whole thing that because the girl was quite young, she was in her, like, early teens, that you're supposed to just say, oh, well, that person's young and young people are dipshits, so it's not her fault. Um, but I would suggest that, number one, you've probably got a better chance of actually reaching people with the idea that that's hugely inappropriate and unacceptable behavior yep. when they are young before they've had it cemented into their brains as adults, past which point a lot of people don't 
don't commit any large amount of change once they yeah, get to... Yeah, and, and I think the other thing about young people, um, especially at public events, is they tend to have parents. Hmm. Yes, so perhaps there was some, some influence there. Yeah, so maybe you, there might be some parenting involved. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I, I agree. I very much agree uh, with Theo that you don't really have to imagine, I think, if an Indigenous player took a knee during the Australian I think we'd be having National exactly Anthem. the same conversation. Yes, the only difference is we'd be saying NRL instead of AFL. Yes. Uh, yes, all of a sudden everybody would want to, quote-unquote, keep politics out of sport. Oh, yeah, and spe- speaking of which, um, okay, so uh, I feel as a uh, straight man... Um, the absolute worst thing for me that's come out of this marriage equality debacle uh, is that I have to now nod along in agreement with and say, good job, Macklemore. Mm. Mm. So I think I, I, I understand a little of what gay people are going through right now. <laughs> you finally understand. I finally understand. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it sucks that we have to be... Fucking <laughs> having this conversation. Uh, <laughs> so it was um it was grand final weekend. So we do have a couple of a couple more footy related questions here. Um, this one's not really a question. A friend of the show, Amy, says uh, asking for thoughtful questions the morning after the grand final is anti-Victorian, and you should be ashamed. Uh, Amy, I put it to you that I do not live in Victoria anymore. So sucked in. Jokes on you. Uh, we have another one here. Friend of the show, Gabriel Delane, says, My footy team lost a grand final yesterday, so I'm deathly shattered and slightly suicidal. However, it also means that fellow Crows supporter Chris Kenny is in the same position. Should I feel any solace in this? Mm, absolutely. Yes. Uh, anything that makes Chris Kenny unhappy is, is good. Mm. Basically. Um, Chris Kenny's a big old dickhead. Yeah, I wish we could uh, orchestrate him losing a grand final every single year. Yeah, um, it's a big old dickhead. Just writes constant garbage. Uh, is I, I I would kind of say that I think that Chris Kenny has started to take on um, in his in his Twitter um, his Twitter presence. He started to take on the role of kind of an Australian Piers Morgan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, yes. that's, a, that's a great comparison. Yeah, he's someone that nobody likes, um, is incredibly smarmy and superior and condescending while also seeming to just fundamentally get wrong everything that he's talking about and immediately get dumped on by it. Yeah, I mean, the classic post I'm sure that you're thinking about is um, when he tweeted, uh, you know, nobody in America dies... Um, from lack mm. of health healthcare, from you know not being able to pay for healthcare, um, which kind of goes back to the whole you know conservatives believe that all um, healthcare happens in the ER. Um, you know, it's, yes, yes, you don't get um, you don't get your cancer treated in the ER, and you know if you go bankrupt, you can't feed your children. Uh, you know, the, ob- obviously he's a tremendous shithead that says incredibly stupid things, and it is uh, you know one of the things I think keeping me alive. Uh, seeing people from America just dunk on him from a great distance, you know. Yes, the, the GIFs, that was a good week. Um, and and people then posting gifs of, uh, you know, basketball players uh, jumping up the backs of other basketball pay- players for a dunk from the three <laughs> three point line, smashing the backboard, which is exactly what happened to him. Uh, in that occasion and any other occasion when mm. he posts. Uh, fortunately, the um, we, we do have, you know, horrible, vir- virulent dickheads, um, you know, Kekistani, uh, Pepe the Frog, avatar wankers in Australia replying to all this sort of stuff. Um, but um, the left have more followers than them, and it's absolutely wonderful to see them get drowned out Thoroughly, out, thoroughly outdunked. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, for any non-Australian listeners, um, we kind of have our own, our own little internally developed um, alt-right from the last couple of years. Uh, it's called Dingo Twitter, and I thoroughly encourage you to never look into that. Hmm? Uh, do not ever don't punch, don't punch hashtag Dingo Twitter into uh, Twitter. Don't look at any of the stuff that they post. Uh, don't listen to them. Uh, basically, they're they're as dumb and full of shit as as all of your alt right 
Kyrgyzstani pepes, as as Theo has alluded to. The only difference is that there are way less of them, and their concerns are even dumber. Uh, yeah, so so just don't just don't go there. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. Uh, like file file that away just in the back of your brain somewhere that it exists, and then take it no further. Yeah. So uh, those are those are some of the questions that we got. And I think we are just about out of time. We are. So, uh, as we... Oh, do we do we have a... Have we got a crime pass this week? Well, I, f- I figured, because we haven't done it for ages. Mm. I don't think... Actually, we haven't done the crime pass since I've been on, so... Oh. Have, no, well, do, do you have any ideas? Who would you like to... I absolutely did, and um, I think a, a big old crime pass to that guy who fucking cleaned the clock off that Nazi... Uh, in the streets. Do you remember? Uh, as a um, skinhead, big old swastika. Oh on his yeah, arm. yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy and, in the states, and he's um, gone. Come on, mate. And then this guy so, is about seven foot tall, and he he took the challenge <laughs> and through through an absolutely beautiful right just, cross straight to the just dude's a jaw. Text- textbook one and you know and then immediately all these all the um you know not even the right the liberal dipshits in the middle will come out and say oh, you know this is this is um you know violence and blah blah, blah. And, and to that i say you know a swastika on your arm is violence mm. there is no abstraction between that symbol and violence we all know what it stands for um the, well you I, can, I tracked a bit of that as it was happening and People, people had like taken photos of this dude on the train as he was yes. drinking. He was on the train. He was drinking. He was screaming stuff at people on the train, um, picking fights with people, and you know some uh, some like Antifa people put it out there and said like, "Hey, if anyone's in the area, was it in Boston? Uh, I, I don't remember. know actually." Um, said you know if anyone's in, in the area in this part of town, there's a dude with a full on Nazi armband trying to get people to fight him um and yeah and some some people fronted up on on the streets uh according to the police who showed up afterwards um all the reports were that the guy with the nazi armband was instigating fights with people was Mm. begging begging Mm. people of color to fight him Mm -hmm. um someone obliged someone obliged and cleaned his fucking clock oh you don't see people get knocked absolutely unconscious like you know you you see mm. the fencing reflex uh you know occasionally when someone takes a takes a hit but he just he went down and it was like a cartoon where you kind of several hours later the title board yes. comes up <laughs> well <laughs> and he's well like, and i i would put it to you as well for all the old um centrists out there who are like you should have uh reasoned with him you should have shown that guy the power of your ideas oh, um according to the police report they turned up um, and found this dude and said, oh, have you been assaulted and would you like to file a report? And he said, no, I have taken off my Nazi armband and I'm going home and I don't want to talk to anyone oh, about it. It happened again. Oh, my God. Um, mm. It's, yeah. But but anyway, I mean, I think, yeah, the, the concept that there is, that free speech is, is harmless, that there are no limits to free speech, or, or I would say consequences to free speech is bullshit. Mm. And you say, you know, we shouldn't enact not enact violence and i would just say that for black people um and, and you know look i don't want to go i don't want to actually say go around punching nazis because it's not going to be me that it blows back on right you know i'm mm. i'm white i'm straight i'm middle class it's not going to be you know me who cops it so tactically you know if you if you don't believe tactically uh, if you're a, if you're a queer person or a black person or um somebody you know jewish you know uh and you don't believe tactically in this stuff that's fine i'm not going to I'm not going to say you're wrong. We should be punching Nazis, right? But if you look at that, and especially if you're a white person, right, a straight person, and you look at that and you go, ah, oh, that was, you know, that's violence. It's gonna get, not going to get us anywhere. No, it's it's self-defense. The armband is a promise of violence. It is a promise uh, because that's all it stands for. It stands for the genocide of um, people of color, of Jewish people, of um, queer people. That is what it is. You may as well just be walking around with an armband on that says, "I will kill today," because that's mm. what it means. This, this is. Um, I, I it, wish you were dead. I that, want you. I to wish be dead. you were dead. That it is the armband is structural violence. Um, I think that um, 
that is the the language we need to be we need to be using because that's what it is no more um no less than the confederate flag stands for slavery you know mm. we know what these symbols mean we know that um there is nothing in between it so if and we and we know what the end game of and we know what the end, it's is very clear yeah. there is a final solution here that they wish to enact yes. right so yeah so he gets a big old crime pass um and you know good on him well yep fuck fuck that guy walking around with his armband and asking for asking to be punched in the face because mm-hmm. someone did it so yeah and if you don't look at that photo of uh, you know the other guy the the nerd from charleston i think it was who got captured with the with the fist in the side of his head <laughs> and seeing oh, the part yeah. on his hair split change sides he punched so hard <laughs> that he got a haircut yep. from it right and that was, not, a, that was a very nice sequence of photos from the guy standing and, and not just a go, big like, Nazi salute in someone's face to immediately get clocked. You know, I don't want to see stuff from one perfect shot, you know, that shitty Twitter account. To me, that is one perfect shot. <laughs> That's it. That's that it. is poetry in motion. All right, so there we go, folks. We're going to wrap it up. Uh, as I said earlier, we still have that interview coming out with uh, Jesse Farrar from Your Kickstarter Sucks. Keep an eye out for that one. Um, if if it comes out uh, out of sequence, think of it as a prequel to this episode. Um, we also have uh, bonus material on the Patreon this week. Uh, we ran a poll to choose a, a dumb movie for us to do a commentary track of. And I'm so, very disappointed you chose the dumbest, longest one. So Yes, yes we are going to be recording uh, tonight a commentary track for uh, the day after tomorrow. Um, environmental super scary film uh, and we want this to kind of be an ongoing thing what we're going to do is pick movies that are available on Netflix because we kind of figure that that is the the easiest most accessible way for most people to just be able to you know um, uh, jump online and stream a movie uh, yeah and so we're going to just try and set it up so that it's a it's a thing that you can just queue up at the same time that the movie starts and listen to us uh, drink some beers and dumbly comment on dumb movies. Uh, we're going to wait until Lucy gets back to uh, start delving into what what we know you're all waiting for, which is um, Adam Sandler and Wayans Brothers movies. I personally am very much looking forward to doing a commentary track for uh, White Chicks. I, I reckon with, we should with Lucy. do the, um, the Western one. Um, mm. Because nobody's seen it, and I feel like a lot of people would watch it at the same time uh, and experience the horror. The ho- well, I've watched the first five or ten minutes, and let me tell you this. Boy, howdy, is that a racist movie. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and we should do that. So, uh, you know, we'll be putting some of those out on the Patreon, uh, which you can get to at patreon.com forward slash Vista. Uh, that'll also get you in on all the other stuff, all the polls, all the mailbag questions, all that kind of thing. Uh, sling us a review on iTunes if you're into that sort of thing. If uh, you're the sort of person who likes to uh, loudly and proudly write down your opinion on the internet, which frankly, let's face it, we pretty much all are at this point. Hmm, that's what we're here for. Yeah. All right. So thanks very much. And uh, we'll, we'll be back next week with Lucy. Lucy will be back with us. Hmm. That'll be a good time. So we will see you then. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye. See you.